From Transperfect and A to Z Productions, this is Next. I'm Zelina Khan, your host. Support for this podcast comes from Transperfect, a family of companies providing language services and technology solutions for global businesses. Connect your brand to the world and visit transperfect.com. Hi, everyone. Here we are with season three with a brand new set of guests to give you insight in developing not only your business, but also yourselves. Hopefully, these discussions will help make you a better leader, a better employee, and an all-around better person. Maintaining wellness in the workplace can be a bit more challenging than some people realize, especially as this pandemic continues. Today, we have Shireen Campbell, entrepreneur and founder of My Little Magic Shop. We also have Raina Whitfield, Director of Talent Management at Transperfect. We share our personal experiences with mental health and provide alternative ways to manage stress and anxiety anywhere. Be sure to listen to the end to join our guided meditation with Shireen and for information on how to win a special giveaway from My Little Magic Shop. Raina, Shireen, it's great to have you both. We're set to have a great discussion filled with insight and perspective with the brown and black lens. And, you know, we're about to go there. And while we may discuss BIPOC populations in general, many of us share, but also endure very different challenges and struggles. So we're not here to lump everyone together. So I'm your host, Zelina Khan. While many of you know me, I don't think you know me fully. I'm a full-time director, part-time magician here at Transperfect since 2013. And I work on corporate branding, marketing, and content strategy. And as an Indo-Caribbean first-generation college student and Bronx native, these topics are really near and dear to my heart. And now I want to shift it over to Raina. Raina, you're not new to the next podcast at all, but can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So I am Raina Whitfield, Director of Talent Management at TransPerfect. I have been with the company since 2013, so about seven and a half years. And it's been quite the evolution of recruiting learning to build teams, learning to build an inclusive culture, employee engagement, employer branding, and all of that. And it has led me into the DEI track for a corporate setting. I'm from Austin, Texas, originally. I've been in New York for almost 10 years. And, you know, I I think I have an interesting perspective coming from a social work background, you know, being able to blend helping employees empower themselves and feel included in a corporate environment, especially if they are from an underrepresented background. Can't wait to hear more about your perspectives. Shireen, please tell the listeners about your background. Yeah, sure. I'm super excited to be here today with you guys. My name is Shireen Campbell. I'm the founder of My Little Magic Shop, which is an online store dedicated to helping people find their own inner guru. We are big fans of all sorts of mystical modalities, including astrology, crystals. I do shamanic practices. There's a whole host of wonderful magical tools that we use to help people more or less just connect with that little inner voice within them. I come from a retail background, funny enough, worked for really great companies um, on both buying, planning and merchandising. And then a good part of my career was spent in e-commerce. Back in 2015, I decided that I wanted to take my retail experience and be able to merge it with my joy and love for self-care. So that's how I created my little magic shop. So I have a whole host of modalities that I'm super thrilled and excited to share 
I love to help people. Born in New York, but raised in Maryland, but I've been here longer, so I consider myself a New Yorker. We shall take you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we chose this topic, right? Because mental health does not discriminate and people are constantly figuring out ways to best manage stress, both personally and professionally. We'll jump into that a little bit more. And before we actually get into mental wellness, Shireen, with your background, you know, where you were raised, your cultural background, I'm very interested in your story of your exposure to all these different practices and, you know, how My Little Magic Shop was born. Well, my mom is Jamaican. So I grew up in, I wouldn't say it was a particularly religious household. You know, like we went to church on Sundays, but I wouldn't call us particularly like religious. But one thing I will say growing up is that my family did have like this deeply spiritual tone, whereas like dreams were incredibly important. All the women in my family are very intense dreamers. And like generally when something, there's a big change or something happening, you know, are about to happen within the family, like all the women start dreaming, like having weird dreams. And we were big fans of incense growing up, like candle lightings. So I don't think that anyone thought it would be particularly weird that I ended up on the path that I did. I didn't really come into it until the end of college. And so, you know, I feel like it's such a cliche story, but basically I got dumped and it kind of just, you know, put me in this place of like, well, you know, like, what's the point of life? Why do we experience suffering? Why do we experience pain? Like, how do I manage like stress and adulting and all this hard stuff being thrown at me, you know, in my 20s and those around me. And so I feel like what I did was that I just got really curious and started reading like a ton of books. So I got really into like Edgar Tolle and Don Miguel Ruiz and just like all of these like self-help leaning metaphysical law of attraction type books. And they really just piqued my curiosity. I think a lot of my belief system right now still kind of stems from that initial um, introduction to Kabbalah. And so Kabbalah actually kind of reintroduced me to astrology and it made it feel a little bit more acceptable. And then from there, just kind of like testing it out on my friends, like looking at their charts, like asking them tons of questions. I was like, wow, there really is something to this. And so I really focused on astrology for a long time. It helped me get through so many challenging moments or stressful times in my life and helped me understand myself in a way that I'm not sure I probably I would have in another way. And then on top of that, we allow room for us to kind of see where we want to go, see what we want to create. So we're not just constantly going on autopilot. So I think that that's, you know, that's kind of what led me there. And that's really my mission. I actually lost myself in your story just now. For many races, ethnicities, the topic of depression, anxiety, psychosis, or, you know, any other mental illness is typically avoided. And I know you brought up your background and I share a lot of common stories there. You know, in my personal experience, think that there's been this focus on praying it away or using faith or religion as the sole way to overcome whatever mental situation it is. And, you know, there's that whole big feeling about shame, right? Why do you think that's been so taboo? I feel like there's probably a lot of different reasons why A, mental health is taboo and B, mystical things are taboo. A lot of it has to do with shame. If you can't manage or you are overwhelmed by whatever is happening in your life, then 
there's probably, you know, people, your ancestors or people a little bit older that went through way worse. So therefore, there's no point of talking about it. Yeah, like the immigrant struggle. Mom and dad were too busy trying to figure out working and things like that and putting food on the table. Like that goes back so far because especially if you're first generation, second generation, like you look back and you're like, oh, my grandparents, they had to work just to provide food for you. They didn't have a chance to have education. And like, here you are with quote unquote everything and you're still kind of complaining or you're struggling or you're having. How dare you be negative? Yeah. How dare you be ungrateful? Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of that, you know, it's like on both sides. So there's the one side, the person experiencing it, you know, from a shame perspective, even like me personally. Like my mom came from nothing. My dad grew up poor too, but my mom was like third world country poor. The fact that she was able to come to this country with nothing, a seventh grade education, and then be able to put herself through school, like raise me and work two jobs, graduate college and like be able to buy buy a home for herself and do all of that. I think that's from the person experiencing it, there's not that much comfort in being able to share. This is what I'm going through and this is how I'm feeling. And there's like that sense of comparison. Then the other hand of it is from the parent side or like older generations, like they're just like, well, I dealt with it. What I did was I just prayed. So therefore, that's probably what you should do as well. And so I think that it's generational, you know, it's very talked down upon or looked down upon. Then it's like shame of the family. So I feel like a lot of it has to do with shame. Um, Marina, I'm really interested in getting your perspective on that as well. Yeah, I mean, mental health has historically been taboo, and I don't think it's just taboo in the BIPOC community. Like Shireen said, it's generational. It also probably has a little bit to do with Maslow's hierarchy of need. 40, 50, 60 years ago, our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents had no time to be depressed. You know, they may have felt those things, but there was no time for that. They had to put food on the table, make ends meet, and try to live one day to the next day for survival. And now, you you know, we have thriving, you know, generations, future generations, our parents, maybe us, our children. There's just a lot more to ponder. So I think that I'm probably answering a different question, but that's why wellness and, and self-care have been a little lo- bit more at the forefront and not as taboo. And folks like me and Shireen, we, we want to talk about it because it shouldn't be so taboo because these things are real. Some things as, as severe as like clinical depression or bipolar disorder, you know, these things actually need medication and no one wants to deal with it. No one wants to hear about it. The adage from like my grandmother, you know, that's not, a, that shouldn't be an issue. Not, you know, something's wrong with them. I don't know why they can't just get over whatever, whatever they're doing or whatever's making them crazy. And, it, and that term, so harsh, crazy, you know, it, it's crazy and that's it. So if someone has some sort of mental disorder or are dealing with something, um, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to let anyone know that you're dealing with that because you're crazy and that's it. You know, no one wants to deal with you. And so I think that, you know, that is passed down and there is a lot of shame around being crazy and not wanting to talk about it what's going on with your mental health. Yeah, no, that's Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. It's my favorite. Same. And I feel like when I learned about it, probably elementary school, I think, was the first introduction to that. I was like, oh, look at that. And now, you know, at this age, I'm like, yeah, self-actualization, get me there. But you're right, Raina. They did not have time to talk about stuff like that. But now... Obviously, our generation, we are talking about it. And, you know, it's taken generations and generations to probably get to this point. And it's still 
you know, were really difficult conversations. Obviously, in a better world, it would be less difficult and more normal. How do you think, I guess, this last year has had an impact on mental wellness? I think that it has been difficult. It's been stressful. A lot of time, self-actualization is way more stressful than just feeding yourself and finding shelter because you have all of this brain space to think about your purpose. Like, why am I here? What, like, what's my purpose on this planet, on Earth? And I think that's why a lot of people turn towards religion or some sort of spirituality. And I think that's why past generations were like, just pray about it. And we're questioning it a lot more. So, you know, being in isolation and also, you know, being maybe mid-20s, 30-something and trying to figure out what your purpose is after you are already sort of feeling fulfilled and like you've come to a place where you've got you know, a little bit of money and your career's on track, but it's kind of like, now what? It's an interesting place to be when you're just faced with your own reality and what you're supposed to do with your life. Shereen, with all of the events between a pandemic, between unraveling and breaking down systemic racism and uh, violence and discrimination towards the Black community, it's just a lot, right? And I'm pretty sure before this year, you probably have clients coming to you with a variety of issues. Generalizing again, younger groups tend to be more proactive about their own mental wellness, right? What are some of the practices that people are seeking and, you know, and for what reasons maybe? There's, you know, like all of these very intense, different things that had they been carrying along throughout the years on their own with the exception of the pandemic. So like social media, so people feeling the need to like comparing themselves to other people constantly, feeling like they have to keep up, like being really like particular about the image that they show up with, like that's its own set of pressures. And then there's all this stuff happening within within the Black community with, you know, being afraid of the police and like, you know, discrimination and just, you know, like all these different things compounded, especially if you're a person of color. And then there's like climate change because, you know, we can't deny that something's happening in the world. It's not looking good. And we also can't deny that we are uh, contributing a lot to the way that the world is changing. We are also not entirely prepared for what's going to happen with that. And so then you look at 2020 and it was like literally everything that could happen happened in the one year. And then that compounded with what happened with George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, like it's all coming through social media. And then the pandemic happens and you were all of a sudden, for the most part, stuck in your house by yourself without having the normal crutches that you would normally be able to have, right? And I say crutches because thinking about like, for the most part, everybody is so busy during much of 2020, like a lot of those things are restricted and you were literally stuck at home with yourself. That's probably one of the few times in history that that's ever happened, where you have such a large group of people stuck at home in their thoughts, not able to like do the things that they would normally do to kind of like keep going. And I found that like what happened for most people kind of basically interacted with this, this time period one or two ways, right? So some people used it as a time to start to spend time with themselves. And then, you know, other people just strike it away or like did whatever they could to kind of like avoid it. But I think that people that I was talking to and like the classes that I was hosting last year, a lot of it was very much based on people that wanted to learn to go within a little bit more. 
the reason for that is because there was so much time spent focusing on everything else. That was just, you know, that 2020 was the year for us to like kind of reevaluate ourselves. And so, you know, a lot of people walked out of the year a little bit stronger. You know, of course, they experienced pain and trauma and lots of horrible things happen. But I feel like they also kind of started to gain a deeper understanding of like their needs, their desires, their dreams, like what they like, you know, your own processing or understand what your triggers are. And I feel like that's inherently what a therapist does. Right. So a therapist helps you understand how to get out of your own way, helps you to understand yourself a little bit more deeply. But on top of that, like I'm a big fan of therapy. I think that everyone should do it, you know, if they can, but it's also expensive. But there's many other practices, you know, for people to start to go within, which is inclusive of like journaling, you know, like you can do meditating, anything that requires self-reflection and introspection, I feel like are very important to your mental health. It's in that practice of taking a pause and really just taking a moment to like look within, check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Like, what are you thinking? And I feel like that in itself starts to make a huge difference in terms of how you approach the world. There are so many feels to feel right now. Sometimes it's not only just like a negative feeling, but just sometimes you're just feeling too much. You're overwhelmed with feelings. And you had mentioned journaling, guided meditations being a great way to cope in general with everything that's going on, right? I'm very interested to know with being a woman, a Black woman, how did you personally cope? Yeah, so I'm like, I'm a huge candle lighter. (laughs) I always have like generally roughly three candles happening in my house at any given time. I have crystal grids set up. So I'm like total woo-woo hippie. You know, I'm wearing like Ruby right now. I have Ruby Zosite. Like I'm always wearing something that I think helps. And like, you know, I meditate. So I really like the Calm app. I'm a big fan of it. I like Headspace too. I'll do a combination of like guided meditations from other people, but I also just will just guide myself. But like sometimes I feel lazy and I let other people do it. But, you know, other times I'll just, you know, guide myself. I do a little bit of writing. So that definitely is very therapeutic for me. I meditate with crystals. That is definitely useful. So I have two sets of crystals that within three to five minutes, I feel significantly better. Raina, I really want to get your input because I think you could provide some great feedback for the employee manager communication when it comes to that, when it comes to transitioning back into this normal life. What are some methods or tips or ways to communicate with managers about the concern that an employee might feel when it comes to that. Sure. I'm going to also back up a little bit and just kind of go back to the beginning of the pandemic and what it really showed, like what it showed us was that, you know, in the U.S. anyway, we are supposed to just keep going. We are supposed to go to work, deal with whatever's happening and just keep pushing through. And I'm not sure if that's just a a societal thing for where, you know, where we live in America, or if as people of color, we push ourselves a little bit harder, don't talk about certain things, but it became very apparent that the first couple of weeks, I was very disoriented. I was like, okay, we're working from home. And someone had to say, well, we're being forced to work from home during this crisis, during this pandemic, you know, once in a lifetime situation where everyone is really stressed out. And they have no idea what's going on. People are dying. And we're also expected to just like go from working in the office to working at home and continue the same meetings and then go about our days while everything was just like turned upside down. 
So we had to figure out how to get through that. And then on top of that, you know, we felt like we were sort of starting to get used to being at home. On top of that, there's systemic racism, George Floyd, being stuck at home and then having to watch all of the protests and the brutality. It magnified it. And I know for me, as someone who would sort of not necessarily ignore it, but, you know, for self-preservation, I was able to dive into my busy life and not pay attention as much to all of the things that have been going on since Black Lives Matter started and Eric Garner and just everything. And so it really affected me in a different way. And then things started to feel normal in terms of staying at home all the time. I really started to realize as a manager, I needed to take care of my team and make sure that they knew. But even though we're home all day, like you're not expected to work 20 hours a day, we're all very stressed out. And I understand that. So I, I tried to create a space for my team to not have to come to me in an awkward way and say, like, I'm not OK. I, I opened the door and said, if you're not OK, let's talk about it and, and figure out how we can make sure that you're taking care of yourself because self-care is really important. And we're not just working from home. We are in the middle of a pandemic. People are stressed out and there's a lot going on. And then now vaccines, it's like, okay, like, let's just start to forget about what happened. And I hope that we don't forget about that. I hope that everyone comes out of this pandemic. I hope that we learn something just because we're on the grind, if you will. We really need to take care of ourselves and we need to take care of each other. I didn't really answer your question about how best to approach your manager. But I think that having an open dialogue with your manager, HR, and just asking about mental health days, self-care days, taking a half day, letting someone know that you're not okay versus pushing through. I always told my team, like, burnout is not cute. This job or this company will survive even if you don't. So, like, I don't want you to be up all night stressing out about something that can wait until morning. And you're only going to be as very productive if you're well-rested and you feel, you feel good about your work, your life, your whole ecosystem that makes you a good human. Okay. So, so what about maybe for someone who's just starting out, right? And back to feeling all the feels and not really sure of what to do with these feelings, right? Some of us will sleep it off. Some of us will probably binge watch Netflix or maybe just order a lot of wine delivery. Shireen, what are some things maybe that beginner can do? Yeah, sure. I would say definitely if you, you know, can do a meditation app, I think that that's a great idea. Or just like listening to a guided meditation on YouTube, because, you know, what happens is that you force yourself to be completely in the moment and to sit with those emotions. And I think that it's in the sitting with those emotions that you're giving them the space to be experienced and therefore you can let them go. If you try to like suppress them or like push them to the side, they're just stuck and trapped in your body. So you want to give them the space for them to be able to be expressed or be noticed. But I think it's in the acknowledging of the feelings. And I think you can do that through meditation. You can do that just by sitting down. You can do that by writing, you know, so like I'm a big fan of like asking yourself questions and then just writing the first thing that comes up to your mind and you can discover some really beautiful, powerful things about yourself. And then I would say talk to a friend, you know, like especially if you're not in therapy, but like someone you trust and just say, you know, I need some a moment to just vent, you know, because I think 
also gives you a chance to kind of release that. So I would say those are my biggest like beginners things. I just think about getting to my 50s and 60s and my kids and grandkids saying, you know, I remember that 2020. I survived it. I made it. Let me tell you how I spent the pandemic. You know, the pandemic is still not over, right? And I, I think it's very important to highlight wellness in the workplace. So Raina, I know you work with a lot of managers and leaders. For those that may be coming back to the office or maybe transitioning again to remote work, what are some things managers or companies can do to hold space and check in on their teams? Like for instance, I know that I love having just like designated one-on-ones with each member of my team, whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, it's just like a nice little check-in aside from talking about projects or deadlines. What are some things you would you advise or what are some things you do with your employees? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's important to take stock of your team's mental health, their sense of well-being and sense of belonging on the team and also in the company. Our team is not quite back in the office, so I feel that it's more important to continue to do this more than ever. So we um, have a meeting every Monday where at the end of that meeting, we do just a quick meditation for five minutes or a motivational quote. Today, we just went around and said one word of of gratitude or motivation that um, we're going to hold with us each uh, for the rest of the week. And so for me, it's very important. I love the one-on-one, Selena. We do that once a week just to check in. To, to hold space, to make sure that folks are feeling like they can share what's going on, whether it has to do with work and, and also unburden themselves personally too, because we, we know that work is not the way that it used to be. You don't turn off once you go home and you don't turn off once you come into the office. Like people are affected daily by things inside and outside of work. And so we hold space for that. Also, managers at TransPerfect can take advantage of certain initiatives that are available to them as resources. We, we know about the affinity groups, but we also have programs such as the Live Well Initiative. It's a program designed to encourage wellness um, and a wellness culture among TransPerfect employees. And um, it's interesting because you can find ideas to increase motivation, reduce stress, and stay active in the work- workplace with the goal of just promoting a healthy lifestyle. So I love the active piece, you know, taking one minute to do planks. Uh, this was something that we encountered in a, a work trip, Zelina and I, a few years ago in the Denver office. Everyone just stopped what they were doing and did did a one minute plank, which was actually really a lot of fun. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Also just encouraging wellness culture, um, among the TransPerfect team. So live well is a very cool option for that. We also have will, which is an app it's spelled W H I L it's live in all locations. And, um, I believe that started on October 1st launching to be available to all TransPerfect employees. So I'm not even sure if everyone knows about that. So hopefully we've got some TransPerfect employees, listening, managers, and I hope everyone takes advantage of these opportunities and these resources to just promote a healthy culture, healthy lifestyle, and hold space for their teams. You know, having a deeper understanding of what's going on with your employees outside of the actual work, you know, can really benefit everyone involved, right? It helps with productivity. It helps with style. I think it's important to note with meditation, sometimes that can even be intimidating for those who haven't really done the 
quote unquote weird things. And I remember when I first got into it, I was like, I can't stay still. I can't do this. Like I'm thinking 20 things at the time, you know, I'm, I'm like that Google Chrome browser with like 30 something tabs open all at the same time. And I need all of them open. So what I found was, and what I learned was that it's okay for your mind to wander, but as long as you bring yourself back to self, right? That's definitely how I coped. I think if anyone is listening, you know, it, there's always a start, you know, the pandemic isn't over. And, you know, as we try to go back to whatever normal there will be, even though it won't be really that normal, you know, we can go with some tools in hand. So with mental wellness really on the forefront, how do you see mental health and wellness evolving, um, you know, in the BIPOC communities. I know that with me, you know, I've seen it and I see it growing with more therapists that look like me, right? And those uh, seeking help, especially, you know, with very specific backgrounds and circumstances, spending less time explaining myself and more time, you know, talking about the issue. And, you know, I know I, as far as like, at least if we shift back to mental health, I definitely want more cultural competency but um where do you think it's going i think it's going to become much more important i think that people are going to be more open to talking about it i think people are going to be more open to talking about their trauma i feel like these conversations are so useful because people are going to be more willing to share their experiences i think that a lot of practices that, you know, were used like back in the day by different cultures or whatever are going to kind of reemerge, you know, like you're starting to already see that with like, you know, like all of my mystical work kind of coming back. But this stuff is old. I think there's just going to be greater conversation about it. I think that the taboos are going to start to not feel like taboos. And I think it's just going to be perfectly normal to talk about mental health, you know, soon enough. I think that people are going to become more open to working through their stuff. Because like, honestly, if you look at where we are as, you know, humans in terms of our evolution, we have to do something. Like we can't continue on the way that we are. So Shireen, I was thinking maybe you could give the listeners a little treat with a little bit of a short guided meditation to just wrap up this session. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Just a little prerequisite before we get started on the meditation. The type of meditation that I do is it's a combination of shamanic journeying and timeline meditation healing. So it's a guided meditation and it very much depends on using your imagination. I say that trust whatever comes up. Like if I say you see a downward spiral staircase and your imagination brings you like a beautiful elevator that goes up, like going in the elevator that goes up. It doesn't really matter. The way that these meditations work is that, you know, we're going to definitely calm ourselves. And then it's just another way to kind of listen to your voice, that inner voice within you. And I'm a big believer that your imagination really uses that inner, like kind of is the way that your inner voice communicates with you. So what you can do is just definitely just get a little bit comfortable. So whether that's in your chair and then you just want to take nice deep breath in. So in through the nose, out through the mouth. So I would just go ahead and take like two really deep breaths just to relax ourselves. So I want you to now imagine that there's a beautiful white light coming down from the heavens or the sky directly towards you. 
As it gets closer, you start to anticipate and feel its warmth. It finally caresses the top of your head and starts to penetrate your skull. I want you to allow this light to fully move into your body. Allow this source of healing and love to start to fill you up and cover every inch of you. It moves down your face, past your ears, down into your throat, past your shoulders, through your arms, into your chest, into your belly, as it moves down your body. It's relaxing every muscle, energizing you, healing you. Moves down through your legs, past your knees, into your shins, and then finally out through the bottom of your feet. I want you to take a moment and just feel this light, this energy filling you up. When you're ready, I want you to now imagine that you get up and out of the seat that you're sitting in and you walk out of your home or your office or wherever you are right now until you're on the street. Take a moment to just observe the street. See the cars passing by the trees, anything around you. As you're observing, you notice that there is a downward spiral staircase to your left. I want you to walk towards that spiral staircase. When you arrive, you start to go down the staircase. With each step down, you feel yourself getting more and more relaxed, more and more calmer. You get to the bottom of the staircase and you see that there's a tunnel. I want you to walk through the tunnel, allowing the darkness of the tunnel to cover you for a moment as you walk towards the light peeking through the other end. The darkness begins to turn to light and it becomes brighter and brighter until you get to the end of the tunnel where it's so bright you can't see in front of you. You take that final step out of the tunnel. Your vision starts to clear and you see that you're in your most favorite place in nature. This place can be a place that you've never been before place that only exists in your imagination or a place that you've been to and love. Take a moment to observe this place. I want you to feel the wind on your cheek, the sun on the back of your neck, the sand, grass, or gravel beneath your feet. Hear the sounds of nature around you. Smell nature. As you're soaking in your favorite place in nature, you see a figure starting to approach you. 
As this figure grows closer, you see and start to recognize that it is your higher self. Your higher self can appear to you any way that they wish. They can be older, younger, taller, shorter, thinner, bigger, dressed up, dressed down. It doesn't matter. However they appear to you, they appear. The only thing that is for certain is that your higher self has a huge smile on their face. You can see the joy, their joy of seeing you pouring out of them. As you get closer, they pull you in for an embrace. You feel their love. You feel their acceptance. You feel their happiness. They take a step back and they look you deep in your eyes and they tell you that they love you, that they're proud of you, so proud of all that you've accomplished, so proud of how you've managed any failures. They're so proud of how you're living your life. They realize that it can be tough sometimes, but they feel tremendous pride when they think of how you are journeying through it. They tell you that they love you again and you believe it. You feel it deep in your bones. You feel their acceptance. They tell you that anytime that you feel that you're alone or worried or stressed, for you to know that they are cheering for you, rooting for you, and conspiring for ways to allow your pain to go away. You can call on them at any point. They remind you that you are welcome to visit and talk with them at any point you can or you want. They give you another hug and they ask you if there's anything that you wish to know about right now. I want you to take a moment and share with them anything that's been holding on your heart. I want you to listen as they respond. Your higher self takes your hand and puts something inside of it. They tell you to cherish this for it will remind you of them, remind you of how loved you are. Take a moment to look down at whatever it is they've given you. They tell you to promise to keep it safe. They give you another hug. They tell you once more that they deeply, deeply love you. And they turn and walk away, fading into the distance. You take one final look at your favorite place in nature knowing that you can come back to this place, this very safe and grounded place anytime you wish. You turn and you head back towards the tunnel. You enter the tunnel, allowing the darkness to creep over you again as you head towards the light. You get to the end of the tunnel you locate the stairs. 
you walk up the stairs, starting to feel more and more invigorated as you take each step up. You get to the top of the stairs, you locate your home or office or wherever you were before. You head back towards it. You locate your body and reconnect with it. The light begins to recede back into the heavens. And when you're ready, you can wiggle your toes, your fingers, and open your eyes. Right after you do a meditation like that, I always want to suggest that you write down everything that you've seen. Um, I think that often people have like memories or thoughts or images or something that comes up. So like I would highly just recommend you know, writing it all down and um, just taking note of it, especially any communication that you get. So I'm a big fan of these meditations. I think they're incredibly useful when you're looking for guidance. I think that we definitely have a lot more guidance than we think we do, you know, inside of us. And it's in developing that relationship, you know, with yourself and your higher self um, that you're able to, you know, just gain a deeper understanding of what it is you need or like your next steps. And like, if anything, it's really calming and relaxing. And then, you know, you can come out of it and tackle whatever it is that you need to tackle next. Your voice is just so calming for that guided meditation. And I do hope everyone listening was able to get acquainted with their highest self. I think the big thing there is, you know, living with intention, right? You know, the more we talk about mental wellness, the less taboo it will be. And the more you have these conversations and normalize these challenges, I feel like as we talk about them, you realize how more common it is than isn't, right? And then that just like allows people to bring their whole selves to work. And then that allows for great productivity. So it's not only about caring about your employees, but I think it's also there's a big business use case for it too, right? You know, for performance and things like that. So yeah, I'm, I love uh, the opportunity for everyone to bring their whole selves to work. And, you know, to, if you think about it, we spend most of our waking time at work, right? Just being yourself. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, also, I think that when you, are able to like show up authentically and fully for work, that is when you are your most innovative. If you are in an environment that's supportive of that, like that's how you change the world. You know, I feel like they're all like tied together. You know, so it first starts with, you know, self-care because that's the only way that you can show up to the world fully. And then you're spending a lot of time at work. So being able to like make sure that that environment is, is conducive to that is incredibly important. So, Shireen, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. For anyone who's listening who might be interested in any of the services you provide, could you maybe just list some of the services and how they could get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find us over at mylittlemagicshop.com. The biggest thing that we're working on um, and are known for is our monthly subscription box. It's called A Little Zen Box. And so every month you receive basically self-care rituals to your door. Um, and so we come up with five to seven items as well as exactly how to use them. So for all my beginners out there that are, you know, wanting to 
get a little bit more in touch with their inner self. We provide you all the tools that you need to kind of start that journey. And then we really guide you through that. It's only $39 a month um, and it's really exciting. And once you are um, a subscriber, then you're automatically eligible to join my Friday night meditation and magic circle where I do guided meditation. That's what I really want to share with y'all. And that sunbox sounds great. Um, listen to the end of the episode to find out how you can get one. We're free. Karina. Shree, thank you again so, so, so much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I hope everyone got something out of this. I know I sure did, especially with that meditation. It's really cool to just find pockets of peace and moments where you can just be one with yourself. If you want to win a free Zen box from My Little Magic Shop, Write a review for Next Podcast within 30 days of this episode airing and email us a screenshot at nextpodcast at transperfect.com and we'll draw a winner from there. There are plenty of other resources to help with mental wellness. Talk to a mental health professional. Speak with your manager. Find solutions with your HR team. There are tools out there. Use them, please. So I encourage you, be kind to yourself and be kind to each other. If you made it to the end of this episode, thank you. And be sure to keep listening. Also, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you can listen to the latest episodes of Next. And if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, or you just want to tell us how much you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at nextpodcast at transperfect.com or visit nextpodcast.transperfect.com.